the pastor pulled me aside at one of those BBSs and he said, have you had any knocking on your heart? And I was like, I have no idea what that means. And I was very scared that something <laughs> were you, was going to Were you worried that like, maybe that was a heart attack? Or, you know, <laughs> had, that the knocking was going to be a physical knocking on the heart? I felt like this was something that was supposed to happen. But I was like, get me out of here. I don't know what that means. I was so scared. And I was like, no, sir. I have no idea what that means. Salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us has a unique story of how that takes place. In this series of podcasts, members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is my Grace Life story. This is another episode of My Grace Life Story. I'm Matt Fowler, the Senior Associate Pastor at Grace Life Church of the Shoals. I'm joined by Tim Martin, who is taking care of all of our media needs today. And we have with us Kim Tittle. Kim, how are you doing today? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. Kim just got off work. She works in the school system in Florence, and so she is here. I'm going to talk a little bit about who she is and her time at Grace Life and how the Lord's worked in her life. So, Kim, let me just start with you. Just introduce yourself to us. Tell everybody who you are and a little bit about who you are now, and then we'll get into a little bit about how you got here to Grace Life Church. My name is Kim Tittle. I am from a very small town in Winston County called Lynn. Lynn, Alabama. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Lynn, Alabama. What's that like? Well, if you uh, have ever watched the Andy Griffith Show, it's slightly smaller than Mayberry. (laughs) Everybody knows everybody. (laughs) But we had a very, very small school. It's a 1A school that grew up there my whole life. And then um, with mom and dad, very godly people, both believers, um, love the Lord. And my sister, who is fantastic and um we're kind of your your sister is jennifer jennifer yes she is older i want to point that out she is older than me how much older is she than you two years and 10 months to the day oh yeah so you've got that i mean you've got it mapped out perfectly absolutely well my mom said it was a blessing we were both born on the 17th so um she didn't have to remember two dates (laughs) i got you good all right so so you grew up in a christian home then I did, did. Right, so yes, you, sir. you grew up hearing the gospel, grew up hearing a lot about the Lord. Walk us through maybe your childhood a little bit and, and how you were being presented with the gospel, maybe both at home and then maybe a little bit about your church life in those early years of your life. So I was talking to my sister, I knew I was coming on the podcast, so I've been talking to my sister about dates because I have a terrible memory. <laughs> so I was just asking her on the way over, I was like, Do you remember when we went here, when we went there? And she has one belief and I don't remember it exactly that way but she's the fact checker so whatever but we did go to a very southern baptist church when I was very small so like growing up I'm sure before I could remember and then all the way up to okay so what do you mean by a very southern baptist church I don't know the correct way to put it because <laughs> there's okay like, just just fire it out there on what you mean by that well there's there's grace life over here with all the things that we believe. And then the church that we went to was very over here. So it wasn't... So, so when you mean when you say over here, do you mean like liberal over here or just... I don't want to... I, I, don't, I don't... Maybe more... They didn't do expository preaching or, Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I, I don't want to say a typical Southern Baptist, but okay. one where there, there's no accountability. There's no... Okay. Like, I don't remember... I remember doing Bible stories, but it right. never tying anything to... 
never tying those things to Jesus. Like everything's okay. supposed to point to So him. more of a, just kind of a moral, you know, here's a good Bible lesson and we need to live this way, yeah, but was, maybe not as much of here's the gospel. Right. Here's what we're after. So okay. Right. The All only right. thing I ever heard about the gospel, I, I was real big in VBS, loved it. Even yeah. when we didn't go to that church, I had an amazing third grade teacher at my school and she was very concerned that I'll always be in church and sure. know the Lord. Praise um, the Lord for those people. By yeah, the way, right? I mean, it's crazy just Amen. thinking back on it because I'd never never thought about it. But she was one of the first people I told when I accepted Christ. Like I had to, my mom's like, we need to write her a letter and tell her because yeah, she's very instrumental awesome. and you guys need to be in church. But she would always come pick us up every summer. So would, that was a third grade teacher like in the school or a third grade teacher like in a Sunday school class? In school. Okay. In, yeah, wow. in, my, in my very small school. Do you remember her name? Miss Tidbull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she taught me to That's be a good... Awesome. Um, this totally has nothing to do with that. She That's all right. Be a good patriot because um, yeah. we would sing zippity doodle every morning to do the pledge. And <laughs> I think that's why I vote to this day. Like she was very, yeah, she was very. So um, she attended the Baptist church that you're talking about? She did. Okay. Yes, yeah, she uh-huh. did. But she would come and get get me every summer and we would go yeah. to BBS because she was there. And when you live where we live out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have next door neighbors, but you have neighbors right. way far down the road. Yep. So she'd come in her little minivan, pick up all the kids, and we would go to VBS. And that's what we did. And the first time I really ever heard about accepting Jesus was the pastor pulled me aside at one of those VBSs and he said, have you had any knocking on your heart? And I was like, I have no idea what that means. And I was very scared that something <laughs> were you, was going to Were you worried that like, maybe that was a heart attack or you know, <laughs> that the knocking was going to be a physical knocking on the heart? I or? felt like this was something that was supposed to happen, but I was like, get me out of here. I don't know what that means. I was so scared. And I was like, no, sir, I have no idea what that means. So that was the really, that was literally the only time anybody ever asked me anything about okay. that. But somewhere along the way, I had heard about this age of accountability and it was 12 years old. And so I was like, I'm good. I'm, I'm solid. I'm good. Cause I'm not 12 yet. <laughs> so I just held on to that. No, good. And well, I was a sinner. Like I ought to gone to hell in a sure. heartbeat. Right. Um, but I had no idea what that knocking on the heart thing meant. So that was really the only time. So when okay. I say very typical Southern Baptist, it was, we weren't being held. There was no accountability. There was no, um, right. no expository preaching, no anything like Okay. I mean, we're very blessed at Grace Life. If you've never been, you know, to somewhere else, I don't guess you can fully appreciate yeah. it. But it was just very, very different. Very okay. not. So, so were you in that basically the entire time you were in school, or at some point was there a change in churches? No. What, what so like? we went. This is where me and my sister differ on the remembering. I think I was around first grade when we stopped going there. Okay. Um, and for reasons I don't know, like that would be. My, parents, but not sure. of them are here. So I don't have anybody to ask. Um, so we, we stopped attending there. And then there was, I feel like there was a little break in between going to church. Sister thinks we went right in. I don't think so, but <laughs> that's here nor there. And then my dad's oldest sister had been gloriously converted at an independent Baptist church okay. that was like in the next little town over. And so she had invited us and we started going there think around third grade. So it's not like there was a huge gap in non-church attendance, but second-ish, third grade, we started going to that church. Okay. And so from then until I graduated high school, we attended the Independent Baptist Church. So Okay. So how, how was it different than the very Southern Baptist Church that you had been in, and now you're in the Independent Baptist Church that obviously you spent you know, most of your formative years there? How were those two church environments different from one another? 
Oh, those are very different. Um, All right, let, let's talk you, about it. I figured they would be. Yeah, if you've ever listened, just go back and listen to Martha Griffin. She explains that perfectly. Okay. Miss Martha knows all about the Independent Baptists. Like, yes. me and my sister are like, oh, she's our, we used to be our people. Like, yes. yeah, she gets it. Um, Very, very rule following, very works centered. It was very interesting. I mean, we did learn, we learned a lot of scripture. I won't say a lot of. It wasn't like expository preaching, so it would just be very like typical topics to whatever okay. was going on at the time. What were those topics? Do you it remember was any very, of them? Well, I mean, if it was prom season, we were preaching on the prom. If it okay. was, you know, a girl came in in pants, we were talking about how we should be godly and not wear pants. Okay. Like, it was those kind of things. I gotcha. mean, there was a lot of good scripture in there, but are, you know, good lessons here or there. I know, I, and I'm trying to think back to Miss Martha's podcast with us. That was season one. <laughs> but I, I, I want to say that she just described a lot of externals. Yes. A lot of external, you know, do, do this, don't do that. Yes. Uh, Make sure you never say this. Make sure you always say this. Her, she mentioned the make sure you wear a dress, never wear pants. You know, but 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 not a whole lot about the heart, but right. more just about what can we do on the outside of ourselves to kind of clean things up. Was right. that your experience? Yes, it was very much works based. Okay. Like, I mean, there was a push to accept Jesus, but then it was like, but also do this, 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 and this. Sure. So kind of Jesus um, plus. Mm-hmm. This list of rules will be what we're aiming at, right? Yes. And when I was converted, I'm sure we're going to get to that. But my mom, I'm so grateful for a godly mother because she didn't believe in the extras and the pluses. It was fully a heart change. It was like, we don't have to wear culottes to love Jesus. We don't have to, you know, do all these other things. So we were kind of the the weird family in the church because we didn't hold to all of the things that everybody else did. Um, And I mean, we lived in the town over, so we didn't go to the Christian school that all the kids there did. Right. Like I said, we, we wore blue jeans and played softball and basketball. (laughs) Like, so (laughs) we were very, very very different. So not really. Was there pushback against y'all for those things? I mean, you might not even know that. Maybe that was something that your parents maybe dealt with more, but was there ever like a, I mean, I'm hoping, was there ever a sermon on, why Kim shouldn't be playing softball, you know, and wearing the softball pants, or, or yeah. you know, did y'all never really feel that? Yeah, or did the pastor ever come by for a visit and say, <laughs> and here's some things we need to stop doing? Right, right. No, I mean, I live my life kind of oblivious to people talking about me, okay. so I don't really right. care. I got you. Um, I got you. But no, I mean, you know, I mean, you can always tell when it's headed your direction, but it just, I mean, it just wasn't a big deal. Sure. Like it just, it's about Jesus. It wasn't about yeah. the pants or the, right. you know, whatever. So, I mean, nobody was ever mean to us. I and mean, it was very, very supportive. It yeah. was just like, you know, y'all, y'all choose to do this. And okay. it is what it so is. So you were there all the way up through you until you graduated high school? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So, so what happens after high school? So after high school, I was blessed with a Bryant Jordan scholarship, which paid okay. for everything at yeah. UNA, all of my tuition and stuff. So, and my sister was already here because right. she had gone to UNA, UNA as well. Okay. So I moved up here and started attending Grace Life. I would go back on the weekends because we would go home mm-hmm. on the weekends, but we were here. Kind of have a backwards Grace Life story because most people start on Sunday morning, <laughs> but my sister and I were like, Wednesday night, Sunday night. Okay. We were going to be here. Yeah. And then finally... 
like our the pastor at that very small church that I'd grown up in, he had left, and one thing kind of led to another, and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm done <laughs> going back and forth. Okay. Like I knew I was right. I knew I needed. I was supposed to be here. Right. So okay, so so let's just walk back a little bit. So tell me a little bit about your conversion now. So a bit of, we talked a little bit about growing up. You've been in these church homes, things of that sort. At one point, I know you were asked very young, "Is the Lord knocking on your door?" At what point did the Lord really, you know, <laughs> knock on the door of your heart, so to speak? I know that's not a biblical phrase, but right. at what point did the Lord, did you sense that He was beginning to draw you to Himself and convict you of sin? And, uh, you know, I know for some people that we've had on, you know, the podcast, that was a, that seemed to happen kind of out of the blue, like they, they just weren't expecting it, I, you know. And then there are others that have had the testimony of, you know, man, God really was working in my heart for quite some time, drawing me to himself and showing me my sin. So so tell me a little bit about your conversion testimony and what that looks like for you as God worked in your life. So we had been at the Independent Baptist Church for a little while, and it was, you know, I was in it for the games and the good times and the fun. Right. Uh, not a lot of fun to be had at Independent Baptist <laughs> Church. Like, you stay very apart from any interaction with people. But uh, we would go to, you know, Sunday school and we'd be coloring or whatever. And, you know, you hear a lesson and have a Wednesday night lesson and, like, nothing stuck. Nothing mm-hmm. was headed my way. But then, all of a sudden, one week, uh, my teacher wasn't there, the girls, because we were very split up, boys and girls you know, you don't intermingle. And how old are you at this time? Do you remember? <sighs> Probably like 10, 11-ish. Okay. I don't really remember. But we ended up going in with a boys class mm-hmm. that week and had a very, I don't say stern, a teacher that he took it seriously. Sure. And I'm so grateful that he took it seriously. Amen. And I'm confident that's why I take my job so seriously as a second grade teacher because he, I mean, he just hammered the gospel to us that morning. And for the first time, I was like, oh, I am going straight to hell. Like, I, I mean, it was just like, so I that, am So that was a brand new realization for you. Like, yeah, I mean, I, obviously you'd heard some gospel, but was, that was really the, okay, wow. Yeah, that this was is, the— this is bigger than I thought. This is more than just my coloring sheet that I've got and more than just I'm hanging out here for the fun times, like oh, you just yeah. said. So, so that was really the first time the Holy Spirit began to reveal to you, hey, if you got what you deserved, you'd be you'd be going to hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was I was leading the line straight to wow. it, and I was scared. To do, I was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. Like, I couldn't yeah. get away from that preacher that asked me if the Lord was knocking on my heart. Like, I was like, oh, this is—it was a lot. It was. Right. Um, I mean, it hit me that morning. And I was terrified, but we left and went on. And I don't remember if it was that week or maybe a week later, we were in a, what do you call it, children's church. We were in that and singing some silly little songs. And they were talking about if you're saved and you know it, do this or Mm. do that. And I thought, I can't do any of that stuff. Like it was still, it was just the Lord was working on me saying, no, you're not one of mine. Like you can't even claim to be because you're you're nowhere near that. And so then, you know, kind of put it off and went on. And I remember being at home, laying in bed and just like, God, you got to help me. Like, I don't know what to do. And if I died right now, I'm going to hell. Like, please help me. Did you have um, any conversations like with, with your parents or anyone? Or was it like, I, I, I just don't want to talk about this? I didn't. And I don't know why I didn't ask my mom. Yeah, because sure. me and my mom were very, very close, but I didn't. I was just scared. And I knew that I needed somebody to help me figure out, you know, what do I need to do? What? How, how do you? How do you come to the Lord? How, how do? You, how does He knock on your door? What do you right. got to do? <laughs> and so then, I mean, it was not long at all. We were back at church, and it was a Wednesday night or a Sunday night. I don't remember, but we we're sitting there in the service, and they do the, you know, the altar call, the sure. 
the kneel at the cross or just as I am or whatever it right. is. And I was standing there and the Lord was just working on me and working on me and working on me. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious, like I need, I need to accept Jesus. Like somebody tell me, like, how do you do that? Like, right. what does what that, how's that look? And so I, at that point I did tell my mom and she was very wise in her counsel because she's like, you know, we're not, we'll hold off. And so we went, I didn't go and do the whole thing at the altar and all that, but waited and went and got counsel from the pastor after that service. And so that night I just cried out to God and asked him to save me. Wow. Yeah. So. Amen. So, so talk a little bit more, obviously at, at this point, you know, you have a conversation with your mom there and she says, Hey, let's get some counsel. Let's look to God's word, things of that sort. But, but you also mentioned earlier that, you know, she was very instrumental in, Hey, look, this is about the Lord changing your heart. This is about the inward work of the spirit. I know that's not your exact words, but you know, this is about the inward work that God does in the life of a sinner to, to, to give him a new heart there. So, you know, talk a little bit about maybe some of the other influence that she had on your life. Obviously you've mentioned her several times just on, on her, conversations, maybe maybe even after this point where the Lord brought you to Him in repentance and faith, but even before then on how maybe your your, your mom was giving you some truth and giving you some things to think about and, and how she really gave you some wisdom concerning your walk with the Lord. It was very, again, we were just coming out of, or not coming out of, but we were right in the middle of, you got to put on all these things. You've got to do all the, you got to follow all the right steps and do all the right things. And she would, I mean, it was just very intentional of, you know, you don't have to look a certain way or do a certain thing, God's looking at your heart. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the inward change. It's not all these external things because you can't do enough. You right. can't, yeah. you can't please the Lord enough to yes, get to heaven. Absolutely. Like it, it's his work. And she was just very, like she would try to do like devotions and try to just like teach the word to us. And she always, she was sick for a very long time, but she had index cards and she would write scripture on them and she always had them in the car. Right. So that was kind of one of her things to like continually have that in your mind. So it's very high standards to live up to, but I'm so thankful because it taught me so much at a young age. So that was, did you say 10 or 11 or so? 10, 11, somewhere around in there. there, Kind of that season of life where he brought you to himself. So, uh, so, okay. So life after that is a, is a, a kid still, but as someone who's graciously been brought to repentance and faith, you know, how, how did, what, what did your growth in the Lord look like, you know, for the next several years until you graduate and then kind of move into young adulthood, so to speak? And, you know, because it's, I, I don't know, sometimes I, I talk with folks and sometimes some can have too great of an expectation on what a child, you know, they kind of think, okay, that child's a believer now. Well, they should be you know, studying the doctrines of the Reformed faith immediately, and you know, and it's like, well, well, now, wait a minute. I mean, they're still young, and they're still immature in a lot of ways. Then, on the other hand, some people fall off on the other side of the ditch, and they're like, well, you know, they're just a kid. What can we expect of them as far as really knowing about the Lord, things of that sort? So, so, so how, did, how did your sanctification progress from that point forward? I was, I was ready to just jump right in. Okay. I didn't really know how to do that. Again, not very bright here. So I thought, well, we got to start reading the Bible. We got to figure right. this out. So yeah. my mom had bought me a brand new Bible, yeah. King James Version only, because that's all you get at KJV, the, that's, that's what right. you got to have when you're it independent. It was good enough for Paul. It was good enough for y'all. That's right. right. We were these and thous, a whole lot of that. So I didn't understand a whole lot of it, but I was trying so hard. I'm like, Mama, there is somebody in here named Nimrod. Like, this is amazing. Like, I remember that was the first thing that oh, I don't know why in the world I was reading that, but that was, you know, it's like, we got to start doing that. Sure. Um, but that's I, but that that's awesome to me because obviously when when the Lord saves someone he does give them a desire for the Word of God. Um, now you might have been reading it and thinking, man, I have never heard. I'm assuming no one in Lynn 
was speaking with these and nows. No one here in the shell speaks with these and nows. And so I guess here that was difficult. But but there was still a hunger for the Word of God there that was in your life, right? Yeah, I was trying because we was like, okay, you read four chapters a day, you're getting through the Bible, you know, in a year. Sure. So yeah. again, not don't have the brain power to put all that stuff together, but I was at least, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to understand and take in as much as I could. But we also we were we were doing Wednesday night soul winning. And so So what'd that look like? What's Wednesday night soul winning and I think people are probably wondering what planet we beam down from <laughs> because um, they would load up all the teenagers. And okay. again, very small church, probably like 45 people right. altogether. But there would be probably eight to 10 of us every week. And the youth minister would load us up on the church van, drive us to the nearest town, which was 20 miles away, and drop us off either at a trailer park or a apartment complex, handful of tracks. And you'd go door to door. Let's go. Just two kids. Let's get after go it. Go right? in our culottes and bad hair. And the boys were all in white shirts and black ties. So I'm sure they had no idea who was coming to their door. But we were, yeah. you know, do you know Jesus? You need to come know Jesus. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it was very interesting. Like, I did learn that that was, I don't know, that was just something we were yeah. going to do. We were, you know, the, it's one thing. And, uh, you know, someone else who maybe is familiar with the the more independent fundamental Baptist brethren that we have is, is Blake Keenum. That's really what he grew up in in Mississippi. And, and one thing I know that even Blake and I have talked about it, even you just mentioned this, and obviously there's some theological differences that we would have with our, our brethren in the independent fundamental Baptist church. But one thing I always appreciate about those brothers and sisters is that they're, they're serious about their walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there, there are some things there that, you know, biblically speaking, I would differ with them on some of the externals and things that we've already talked about here. And there are other things not not needful to bring them up on this podcast but one thing they are is they're they're diligent and and they want to serve the lord and they're serious about it and that's good uh you know that's a thing even uh you know maybe even in some of the ways that you can look back now and say well there were some things lacking in that church you can also appreciate in god's providence he put you in a place where it was like hey we're going to serve you're you're a believer okay let's serve the lord let's share the gospel uh we're serious about the bible let's read the bible i mean those those are wonderful foundation stones to to have in your life in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful that God captured my heart from mm-hmm. a young age because I truly think like of all the twists and turns, because life will throw some curveballs at you. Oh, absolutely. But if you don't have Christ, like number one, I don't know how people make it. Um, mm-hmm. What do you do? What do you, what do you put your faith in when things are shaky? Sure. But having that at, at such a young age, it, I won't say I was able to make the good decisions, but God was able to lead me in the paths that I needed to go and stay away from the things that I needed to stay away from. Amen. So anyway, okay. I think I totally got off topic. Sorry. Nope, nope, you're right on topic. So, okay, <laughs> so you grow up, you're, you're progressing in your walk with the Lord, and then you graduate, and then you come to UNA. Mm-hmm. And so you're at UNA. Um, was that a big change to come to UNA? Was that like totally different for some people? Colleges like this huge adjustment thing. Was that that way for you, or was it like, okay, good, I'm going to school, and this will be fine? Well, the Shoals was a big city. Okay, like, all right. Was, you came to the big a, town of Muscle Shoals in yeah, Florence, right? this is a huge town from where I was from. Like, I thought I was a big city person. Like, it was pretty awesome. My yeah. dad would even make fun of me. He's like, you're a city girl now. Um, so that was different, okay. but we didn't, I don't know, I didn't fully immerse in the college life because my sister had a place, and so right. we So you, lived, living, you and your sister were living together? Me and my sister were living together, okay. and so we didn't, like, do the dorm thing. So I didn't really plug into college. Gotcha. Um, that's why it was kind of easy to go home every weekend. And, okay. um, my, so how did you get a 
how'd you learn about Grace Life? So you're up here, you're new to this area. This is, you know, it's not where you grew up or anything. So how did, how did, how does somebody somewhere get word to you about Grace Life and you come visit? Because you see, it didn't even start on Sunday morning. You started Wednesday night, Sunday night, which is a bit of an odd first entry in here. Most people, it's like, well, yeah, I came to a small group class or I came and heard Brother Jeff on a Sunday morning. So, so how'd you, how'd you get wind about us? So my sister was already. She would go here. She was going here. Okay. And this is where we differ again because she swears up and down that I said, I'm not going to another Southern Baptist. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. I don't remember that. But, you know, that's her story to tell. So um, we had, we would, like I said, we'd go home on the weekends and mm-hmm. then come back up here. But she was already going here. So she kind of knew. So uh, how did she learn about us? That I don't know. I have no tell idea. Tell her we'll get her on the next episode. Yeah, exactly. Let get, her tell her story, right? Get her in here, and she can correct all the things that I've said <laughs> that were wrong and all the dates. But she, I don't know. She, um, I feel like she said our dad had said to come here, but that okay. could be completely wrong. I'm yeah. not sure because, again, we're not from here, so we didn't know anything about it. And funnily enough, I was the one day I played tennis, and only one day because I was terrible <laughs> at it. There was one friend from school that I knew from Lynn, he was up here, and I was like, let's go play tennis. I'm going to learn how to do this, and it was a disaster. But he had asked me, hey, where do you go to church? And I said, oh, I go to it was First Baptist at the time. Right. And he said, you don't have enough money to go there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, nobody has told me, so going to go. <laughs> so that was my introduction. I was like, well, I'm in, so it's all good. So your sister had been how, – how long – she'd been already up here for a couple of years? For – Probably about three. Okay, so for about I think three. she was about three years old. So when she said, hey, I'm going to this church, I mean, did she give you any, like, here's what you can expect, here's what this is going to look like? I, you know, what what did she really communicate, or she just say, hey, we're going to church, and I'll show you where we're going? Yeah, it was just kind of like, we're going to church. She's very shy, so she was she didn't really know a whole lot of people. and. Right. I won't sell her out right here. You don't have to put this on there. But she <laughs> thought that Brother Jeff was Brother Steve because uh, <laughs> I guess it was like during a summer or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Brother Steve was doing a lot of the preaching, and she okay. thought he was Brother Jeff. So yeah. that always makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so you get here. So what were your first impressions when you came in? You visited a, a Wednesday night and a Sunday night. Was it, hey, yeah, this is okay. I mean, what, was it was it really different? Uh, give, give me give me a little bit on what you first thought about Grace Life. I loved it because I was well, the first person. Well, okay, let's start with on Wednesday nights. We were going through. I mean, we'd probably been here for a little while, but I think it was when Brother Jeff was going through like Hosea because he okay. was still preaching on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool that we would go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Okay. Yeah, so, I had never. Experienced yeah, because expository that. preaching was not something that you were accustomed to. Yeah, I ne- okay. no idea what that meant or right. ever heard that ever. But it was so interesting to be going like week by like you knew what was coming up and to just go through the whole thing. That yeah, was so, so, so yeah. So tell me a little bit about expository preaching. That's something that a lot of people bring up, and it's probably gained some steam in most Baptist circles. I believe now much more uh, Baptist churches are much more likely to have an expositor uh, in the pulpit. Not all of them, but in a lot of a lot of places, I believe. But but that was new for you. So mm-hmm. um, how? How did it affect your walk with the Lord to have someone who was just verse by verse, here's the context, here's the historical context, here's how we're going to approach this scripture? Just just how different was that from the preaching you heard in the past, and what kind of impact did that make on your life as a believer in the Lord? It was just very interesting to me, like, just because I never, like, I never knew what we were going to hear going in mm-hmm. week to week, and I mean, I I don't always know what we're going to hear going in, sure. but you know where you're going to be and what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody explaining every step of the way, 
because it still blows my mind that y'all can get 12 sermons out of like one verse. Like, I don't understand that because I can read it and be like, oh, that's great. And then y'all come back with like, well, here's the, all the parts of it. Right. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, it was just so cool. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of it. Yeah. Amen. All right. Good. All right, so so expository preaching is new. So that's but but what else? What, what were some other things kind of as you began to attend here at, I guess what was then First Baptist now Grace Life that were uh, things that the Lord used in your life? I couldn't get over the people, just how real and how it was just lived out in every aspect of their life, like in their speaking, and not in a haughty like I'm going to show off sort of way, and I can mm-hmm. you know quote this scripture or whatever. It was just like in the day to day and every interaction you had with people. You could just see Christ. Like, I remember one of the first, I guess it was like the first Christmas I was here. I was working at the hotel at the time. And you don't you don't get a lot of holidays when you're working in hospitality. And I was up here by myself and throwing myself a pity party in my brain. Didn't tell anybody, but I was like, man, this is terrible. Like, my sister's home. Like, everybody's doing Christmas and I'm up here. And it wasn't on Christmas Day because I got Christmas Day and Christmas Eve off. But it was one, one week around that. And Miss Carolyn, love Miss Carolyn. She just said, Is this Carolyn Meany? Carolyn Meany, okay. mm-hmm. yes. She's like, well, do you have anywhere to go? You just come home with me for Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, yes, ma'am. I'm, you know, I'm going to drive back or whatever. But I thought, man, these people, are they just love you. Like, you just, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. To part. I wasn't even part of Grace Life or First Baptist at the time because I hadn't joined the church. But I was like, they yeah. just love you and accept you. And that to me was really cool, just yeah. seeing how the people lived it out. Hey, do you remember some of the people that, that you first met? Miss Judy Thompson okay. was the first one, and I thought she's the sweetest little thing. Like yeah. she just turned around, started talking. And of course, Brother David, like he was. Not. Everybody meets Brother David. Brother and David. somehow people stay, right? Even when they meet him, right? <laughs> right, my favorite person in the world. Uh, yeah. But those two, they were probably the first ones. And I was in. I think I went to Erica's class. Erica okay. was teaching college yeah. at the time. So got to know her, and um, wasn't too long before Becky Tancordo and I became yeah. good buds. And Becky's yeah. still one of my best friends. All right, yeah. So when did you? Do you remember when you joined? How long you've been a member? It was in, so that's one of my great regrets in life. I started in 2004 because that's when I moved up okay. here, and then it was kind of going back. And, and I didn't realize that um, it was 2004 when you started. So it's been a while. Been you've been attending here. For, you're, you're like an old Grace Life. You're getting old, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I'm staying young, but oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, 2004, moved up here, started going. And then I think it was 2008 when I officially joined because me and Becky joined on the same day. Okay. So all right. <laughs> we're tied together in that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. So, all right, so now you're a member, and, and I want to get to this because this, I, I think, has been a big part of your Grace Life story and something that, that I want us to discuss. But how long was it before you dove into leading children's small group classes? Now, that's a story. Okay, all right, let's uh, hear that story. <laughs> I, I went to, I was 25, I think, when I started. So just a couple of years. Um, it wasn't long at all. Because I just got to be in class with like people my age for just a couple of years. Sure. And then I will never forget it. Very vivid. One Wednesday night, we had gone on visitation. You know, like we used to pass the sheet around and right. sign up and go. And Becky and I went. And we were walking up. I can see the sidewalk. And she turned around. And she said, oh, by the way, you and I are going to be doing second grade next year. Oh, so Becky roped you into this whole thing. Brother David, you know, told us, we, you know, <laughs> ask if we're going to be doing it. And I told him, yeah, you're going to help me. And I was like, Becky, like, I don't have younger brothers or sisters. I don't work with children. I don't know anything about second graders. Like, this is not my, 
spiritual calling in life. And she, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're going to be fine. Was Becky already leading a children's class? She or, was not. Okay, so um, this was going to be kind of her first right. time at It was because well. the second grade teachers at the time, I guess, were taking a break or leaving or whatever. Okay. So Becky had kind of been tapped, and I was recruited along with her. <laughs> but you're part of it, Brother Matt, because I remember you coming over and saying, hey, I hear you're going to be teaching. I have no recollection of that. So that that's one thing I remember. I don't remember anything else about my childhood, but I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm not going to say no to Brother David. I'm definitely not saying no to Brother Matt. So I was like, yes, I am. I'm going to be down there with Becky. But she assured me all I had to do is be an outreach leader. Okay. And I thought, I can do that. I can write a card and I can try to control chaos as much as possible. Yes. So this is going to be fine. Well, then we get into just a couple weeks into the small group year, and Becky gets pre-engaged. So oh, she yeah. leaves me to go to pre-engagement class. Yeah, and that's like 13 weeks. Yes. I, I get to was, teach that class, so yes. that, that class is long. <laughs> you did. You took her away for a long time. And so now I'm down there with maybe her. Maybe that's why I was saying, hey, you're helping, because maybe I kind of knew <laughs> that, hey, uh, you're going to need to teach that class a lot. I didn't tell you that, but maybe that was where some of that was coming yeah, from. Yeah, you knew something I didn't know. So now I'm down there with all these children. It was sweet little Aubrey Clay and Jonah oh, yeah. Davis and yeah. all these my babies that have grown up to be adults now I was looking at a room full of second graders thinking what in the world am I going to teach you I have no idea how to do this but a lot of prayer learned how to pray with my eyes open because you never know who's going to do a cartwheel like yeah a lot of stuff so baptism through fire got got inducted into second grade and have never left since those children were children so so you've been down there a while now they're getting married now like it's so true So, so you're teaching second grade class. So just for, you know, a lot of people are going to hear this podcast and they've never been down in the children's department and they've, they've never seen what's going on. They're thankful for it. They're thankful that someone is down there ministering to all those children on any given Sunday. And then we have some Wednesday night activities as well. But, you know, for, for folks even here that have been at Grace Life for a long time, but they've never been a part of the children's ministry and never been down there in a class. Talk, talk to us a little bit about what you guys do, because it's, it's very different, and I've shared a little bit of my testimony on this podcast before, but I was in a church setting as a, a really young kid where children's ministry, basically all it was was just control the chaos. I mean, it we didn't—I don't remember hearing the gospel. I don't remember them cracking a Bible open. I'm sure they were just doing the best that they could. I, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus here, but— I know that's not what you guys are efforting at. Y'all are efforting to, to really make an impact on these children's lives. So so for the folks who are listening to the podcast, talk a little bit about what you guys do and what you're after and, and what, what class looks like, because it is different than teaching an adult class or even a student class, but maybe a little bit about, too, about the lessons that you guys teach and some of the curriculum that we use to try to impart some spiritual truth to the next generation. So we've been doing Children Desiring God was a truth something. Yeah, I think it's Truth 78 now. They changed their name. Same stuff, just different name. Same thing. So for the first, like, five years, maybe, we did um, Jesus, What a Savior. Okay. And so we would talk about you've got to— So that's the curriculum name, Jesus, What a Savior, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was what second grade was doing at the time, and it was um, all about a heart change. You were born with a sinful heart. So everybody that comes in through second grade knows, hey, you're born with a sinful heart. You are a sinner, um, and you need Christ. And so we would go up through, through that. Now we're doing Promises of God, okay. which is really cool because we tie a lot of Old Testament scripture to New Testament because okay. you'll have you'll have a balance of that each week. And so we just go through, hey, these are the promises that will carry you through your life. And they've been so such a blessing to me, like right. for, you know, different reasons. But those things come back to you. So you have a promise each week. You have your scripture each week. I teach with Kayla 
Tarasco, who is, she could teach any level, any class. She is absolutely phenomenal. I don't want anybody to take her away because she's (laughs) wonderful. So I get taught every week when she, we, we switch out teaching, but she's amazing and she's really good at teaching that stuff. But we effort really as much as we can to teach these kids, hey, you are a sinner. You are born with a sinful heart. You need a savior. Because right. um, that's our whole our, whole goal is yeah. to see a heart change. Because somebody took it serious with me. So we, I had somebody tell me one Amen. week, like, you take this weight, like, real seriously. I said, like, yeah, we do. We, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. We have a goal. And don't apologize for it, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's important to me. And, um, you know, some weeks you feel like, I put up a quote in our room because some weeks it's just like, do they have their shoes on? Are they climbing on the wall? Like, what is happening right now? I don't think they've heard a thing. That I've is said. the part that's very different from most most adult right. classes. I, I would hope that most of our adults are wearing their shoes in their class. Right. But yes, there's there's this there's this spot, this sweet spot in children's ministry of, okay, they're kids and they're going to be kids, and yet at the same time they can handle doctrine, they can handle theology. Now you know we may package it in a little different way and use some terms that are understandable for them. But, you know, by and large, they come out of first through fifth grade and they've received a a pretty substantial theological education, so to speak, and not just for the sake of them learning knowledge, but mm-hmm. but because we want to see their hearts changed by the gospel. Right? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those, I have always said, most of those kids are way smarter than most adults I know. I mean, yeah. biblically speaking, because right. yeah. I had all four years. So like Kinsey, I'd be like, Kinsey, what, Brother Matt said hermeneutics. What is that word? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. Like, help uh, me. <laughs> um, so, uh, but... Oh, man, I don't remember where I was going with my story. But anyway, we start at the beginning, and we talk about, you're, sin- you're, you're a sinner. You, you need a heart change. So when we start class, we always do our prayer requests, and we're praying. Every week, we're going to be praying, praying for our preachers. That's very important to us. We're praying for our missionaries. But then a few years ago, we started, instead of saying, bless these boys and girls, like save these boys and girls, we started each individual child. We are calling yeah. their name every Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so they know when we do prayer requests, we're praying for our preachers because every one of them, you know, they'll have a different job of, yeah, we pray for this person, we pray mm-hmm. for this person. And inevitably, somebody will say, and you pray for us. Like, pray that our hearts will be changed. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, that's super important to us. So we um, we do our prayer, we do our lesson, and we try to, whatever the, whatever the room looks like for that year, because all years are different, all kids are different. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, play a game to tie it back to whatever we're learning or do a craft or, you know, do the workbook. Mm-hmm. Some kids like the workbook, some don't. So we try to tie it all together um, and package that up. And like I said, we some weeks it's control the chaos. But I, I learned a quote. <laughs> I watched the Jesus Revolution, and they said something about, don't be so arrogant that you think God can't work through your failure. And I was like, Kayla, that's going to be our, our mission. Yeah. <laughs> On yeah. the days we're struggling, remember, God's in control of this. We're not. Yeah. So, And it's very interesting. On the weeks that you think they are not listening, hadn't heard a thing, you can come back in. And they can they can tell you everything. Yeah. They don't look well, like it, but they can tell you. I remember when Crystal and I were still homeschooling ours, and I won't say which of my children did this, but I was helping one day and I was not real good at it, by the way, but Kristen needed to do something. So I said, okay, I'll fill in on the schoolwork. And the way Kristen did the schoolwork was different than the way I structured the schoolwork. I was much more, look, you're going to look at me and it's, you know, anyway. And so I was, was teaching one of my kids and I just thought, man, this kid is not listening to anything I have to say. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of catch them in a, in a bind here. And I said, do you know what I just said? Thinking there's no way that they know what I just said. They were not paying attention. And the kid was like, 
yeah, you just said da 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 and just spit it out verbatim. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, but but my point is, you know, I mean, Kim, no telling how many times, even on the days where you guys think that was just total chaos. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't settle down. You never know how the Lord is is opening up their hearts and opening up their ears to hear truth. And, I, you know, even in, I mean, there's been times when I've preached sermons and I've come down from the pulpit and I've just thought, that was just a disaster. I don't think I did good with the text. I don't think I communicated it well. I fumbled over my words. And and those inevitably tend to be the times where someone comes up and says, I really needed to hear that word from the Scripture today. Thank you. And I'm just like, okay, well, so Lord is using my failings as a preacher to make an impact. And no doubt he does that in the in you guys' classroom every week as well. You know, you just never know what what a kid is getting and how they're, how they're receiving it. And, I, you know, I, yeah, all, my, all four of mine have been through your class. I remember them studying those lessons and, and, and we're able to have substantive conversations with our young people about the gospel. And that's what we're after. You know, they need to know that they have sinful hearts. I, I, I think it was right around that time they would use the terminology, I have a black heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I need, my black heart needs to be cleansed, right. you know, black with sin. And, uh, you know, very thankful for for you, for every children's worker and for every student worker now that's ever had them. And, uh, you know, sometimes in our church culture, we've kind of programmed ourselves to think, well, hey, you know, we need to just give them that prayer. They need to ask Jesus in their heart. And, okay, and then we've got it done. And, and great. You know, and, you know, the Lord's been gracious to us here and allowed us to see, you know, that's not always the wisest, most biblical approach. We need to give them the gospel. We need to call them to repent and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then the Lord has to do that work. And, uh, you know, Kim, you're in a, a spot down there in the children's area where you may not see a lot of immediate gospel fruit, but you do see it as those kids grow up and, and inevitably the Lord does do a work of grace in their hearts, brings them to Him in repentance and faith. And and you have a role in that. And, and, and all of those leaders that are in those areas that may not see that immediate fruit, but for years have invested in them theologically, their, their parents investing in them, they're hearing the preaching of God's Word. The Lord uses that kind of like a snowball effect to just build that reservoir of truth in their hearts. And then at some point when the Spirit works in their hearts, He, he breathes spiritual life into them. And then they have this great foundation of theological truth that they've been learning for years. And and it, it's really priceless. It's a priceless ministry for, for you and for all of our folks that are down there working every week. And, uh, you know, yeah, somewhat controlled chaos environment, but an environment where truth's being taught. Yeah, I tell Kayla um, every week that, you know, it makes it all worth it when you go up into the service and you see a Jonah Davis, you see a Prenny Fowler, you see Avery Clark, those kids that we've had. Absolutely. Um, I keep a list of them that have come through our class, and they're yeah. in the baptismal waters, and they're giving their testimony. Yeah. Snap a picture and send it to Becky, and, like, God got another one. Yeah. Like, there's nothing Amen. cooler. I'm like a proud mama up there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you see yourself staying down there? I'm not asking you to, like, sign a 20-year commitment or anything, but, I mean, it's children's ministry kind of like, look, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I've kind of found that's my spot. I don't know. Like, I would love to be, because I hear all of the people my age talking about how much they grow and, how you know, how exciting it is to be in class with other people. And, you know, you kind of miss miss out on a little bit of that. But I think that's truly is my my call. I don't know that I have a calling, but I, I kind of feel like that's where I'm supposed to be. And yeah. one week in particular, <laughs> I was just kind of a little grumpy because like, all these people, <laughs> all these people are getting married and having babies and going in their fellowships and having a wonderful time. And here I am, Lord, I'm down here serving these kids. And it was not God talking to me. It was probably me talking to myself because y'all <laughs> teach us to talk to ourselves. But clear as a bell in my brain, it was like, 
Jesus died on the cross. All you're doing is teaching second grade. Get in there and do your work. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, go in there and teach these kids. And ever since then, it's just been like a piece of this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know. Y'all may boot me out one day, and that's that's fine, too. Yeah. But, well, no, I enjoy my enjoy my second grade. We're, we're definitely not planning on booting you out anytime soon. But <laughs> it, it is, it is um, providential, you know, your Grace Life story, because so much of what you shared about, you know, growing up in a Christian home and then, you know— uh, even the, the people that made an impact on your life, you know, this teacher, this third grade teacher who's, hey, I'm going to take you to VBS and I'm going to invest in you. And eventually the Lord saves you and sends you up here to UNA and you and your sister attend here. And you, you end up kind of right back where someone had made a big impact on your life, which is down there in the children's ministry and serving there and teaching the gospel there. And, you know, it's just neat. Sometimes we don't see those things in in real time, but to see how you know God uses people in our lives and 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 their testimonies and the truth they share with us, ultimately to bring us to repentance and faith and salvation, but then also to equip us for what He's going to give us to do as we serve the church as well. So, uh, so I appreciate you sharing your Grace Life story with us today, Kim. Yeah. I hope it was good. <laughs> it was wonderful. That's the best of God. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let that close us for today. This is another episode of My Grace Life Story, and hope you've enjoyed it and been edified by it. And we'll return again soon with our next episode. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. As members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.